Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. There we go. The prayers that work are the prayers by faith, prayers where we can put our trust in God's Word, the promises that He's made to us. Okay? So when you pray, make sure that prayer is grounded on the Word of God. And how can you know it's grounded on the Word of God? By knowing the Word of God. Okay? So when we pray over things in youth group, I know maybe it gets mundane, and maybe, you know, maybe you're not real active in your prayer life at home, and so it just seems kind of trite and boring or what have you. Whatever, whatever keeps you from having an active prayer life, I would, I would highly encourage you to get into God's Word and get more active in your prayer life. Because honest to goodness... That is the only thing that is going to get you through some days. We talked about, a few months ago, we talked about spiritual warfare. We talk about some of the things that come against us each and every day. And man, if you're not, if you're not prayed up, if you're not um, prepared each and every day, life is going to kick you around something fierce. And we don't want that. Not like a soccer ball. That's right. We want to be prayed up. And to be able to be prayed up, we need to be rooted in God's Word. Amen? All right? Okay, so tonight, uh, we started a new series last week. Tonight, we're going to, uh, we're going to go a little bit different direction. We'll, we'll pick up, we did start a new series last week. We're going to pick up a little bit and go a different direction tonight just because of some things that have been going on. Uh, for those of you who were here Sunday, Pastor Scott uh, took Sunday to, to give a message on some, uh, some of the things that have been going on, and I'm not going to rehash that out here. But uh, that was probably one of the major ones. If you weren't here on Sunday, then, then you missed it. Okay, thank you. Uh, but that's not, that's not the only thing. There are some other things that have come to my attention. Excuse me. Some other things that I've met and had conversation with some students about. And um, some of those things are, are a little heartbreaking. Some of those things are disappointing, for lack of a better word. And so I'm like, you know, rather than just keep moving with the series tonight, which we'll do tomorrow, it's a good series, or I mean next week, and so I want to continue on with it, but in light of some of the things that I've been talking to you guys about, in light of some of the things that have been going on in the church and among students, and it's far from just a couple of you, it pretty much involves everybody to some extent in a wide variety of things that we're going to be talking about tonight, okay? There's some difficult things going on, some difficult things that some of you are addressing in your life, and your family, uh, some difficult changes that have to be made, some um, difficult behaviors, some, some disappointing behaviors that are going on that, that I want to kind of talk about and address tonight, whether it's cliques or, or kind of these friend groups that go on in youth group, and this isn't just youth group, this is school, this is everywhere, I mean, it's just, it's a social thing, it just happens um, if we're not careful. Cliques and social groups which is fine. If you guys hang out together in groups, no problem. But here's where it becomes a problem, when those groups begin to talk about each other or when those groups begin to talk negative about each other or give each other dirty looks or what have you. You see where I'm coming from? It's one thing to hang out with your group of friends. You know, People who are like-minded or enjoy the same things or whatever just naturally going to congregate together. It's, just, it's built into our DNA. That's just the way it is. However, how we treat one another is built into our spiritual DNA. I know, I know, I hit that phone all the time. Uh, it's built into our spiritual DNA. Okay, 
So tonight, we're going to talk about some things, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to paint you two pictures, okay? So if you would with me, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Oh, thank you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I want you to listen very closely. I'll give you, for those of you who have your Bibles, I'll give you a second turn there. If you need a Bible, raise your hand if, you're, if you don't currently have a phone. And, uh, and that's where you used to use your Bible. Raise them high. Hey, Johnny, would you mind grabbing a couple Bibles up there and running them out here? Thank you, buddy. Riley, that is a gorgeous Bible. I like it. Oh, okay. And if we run out of them up there, I've got some Bibles in my office. It's all good. I want us as a youth group to get in the habit of bringing our Bibles and bringing a notebook to take notes. Can you toss it? Oh, is that yours? Okay. Thank you, Jess. So raise them high, Aiden, Maya, and was it Sadie? Yes. And if we don't have enough, would you guys be able to share? I think they can, Maya and Sadie can share, just for now. You guys can take turns. We got four, four passages we're going to rock out tonight. Okay. Very good. You guys are looking them up. I'm excited about that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, okay? Now, you ready? Who wrote 2 Timothy? Uh, nope. Paul. Paul. Who did he write it to? Timothy. That's exactly right. Just really, really quick, I'll just take two, two or three seconds. Timothy is basically Paul's, uh, or Paul is Timothy's mentor, okay? Timothy is a young pastor, and, uh, and he, he's gone missionary journeys with Paul. He's been with Paul. He's learned and studied under Paul. So, I mean, they're literally like family. They're super, super tight. So Paul writes two letters to Timothy, and this is our passage tonight, our first passage tonight we find in the second of those letters. Chapter 3, starting in verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Who has noticed that we've been in some difficult times? And things are getting rougher and rougher, am I right? Well, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Exactly right, all kinds of stuff. Things have been getting rougher in our personal lives, at school, in our community, in our country. I mean, things are just going crazy. So we know that we are in the last days. We know we are in the last days because just this stuff is just increasing exponentially. Verse 2, for people, now I want you to listen. I'm going to read this the rest of the way through, okay? And I want you to listen who he is describing here, these type of traits, these personality traits, these these. these uh, uh, the type of people that he's talking about here. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act, listen to this, I want you to listen, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Paul is warning Timothy 
that we are in the last days, and these are the type of people that will make these last days difficult. These are the type of people who will really give you a rough go, and they are all over. They're outside the church. They're inside the church. They're in our schools. They're in our homes. If we are not careful, we will fit this description. I'm not saying that any of you in here will fit every single one of those, but even just a couple of them is not good. That is not the way we are to live our lives for Christ. Not by any stretch. That description that Paul just gave to Timothy, warning him about those people, why do you think he had to warn him? He had to let him know that we don't want to associate with these type of people. Not because we don't want to share the love of Jesus Christ with them, not because we don't want to make an impact in their lives, but because if we are not careful, they will impact us. They will pull us down. If we are not grounded in our faith, if we are not grounded in the truth of God's word, people who match some of these descriptors will destroy our lives. If we allow them to, they will slander, they will gossip, they will pull us into that gossip. Do you guys understand where I'm coming from here? They will pull us down into that gossip. If there's things going on, we need to know and understand how we are to live as Christians, as believers. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is an expectation upon your life. You are no longer your own. You belong to God. We are going to make mistakes. We are going to make bad choices. That's just part of life. That's part of growing up. Right, Maya? Sometimes you make a mistake and you got to own up to it. Your mom and dad, you know, hey, send you to your room, you get grounded. You learn, am I right? What's the point of learning from that mistake? It's so you don't do it again, okay? So you have a check in your spirit the next time you are tempted to do that again, you say, wait a minute, there were consequences last time. I'm, I'm, my parents told me that's not how I'm supposed to act, that's not what I'm supposed to do. And so something kind of holds you back and helps you to make a better decision next time. Right? There's a reason for that. There's a reason that God desires for us to live to a higher expectation. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Can anybody tell me what the fruit of the Spirit is? Oh, hey, hey, slow down. Very good. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that... Is that right? Is that all of them? Yeah. That, that is the fruit that we are to show in our lives when we live according to God's word, when we live by the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. When we are guided and led by the Spirit of God, we will make better choices. When we are grounded and rooted in God's word, we will choose a better path. 
the path that God has laid before us, not the path that others try to pull us down to. Now, let me go back. So back up in your Bibles here. We're going to go back up to just before the passage we just read. That was in, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to go back up just a little bit, and we're going to go verse 2, starting in, uh, uh, excuse me, chapter 2, starting in verse 23. So just a passage above. Again, I say, don't get involved. He had, he's just talking to Timothy about getting lost in a lot of these foolish conversations about nitpicky things. And it's like, he's like, don't get lost in all that. Don't get caught up in all that. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. That's an interesting, that's a good thing to warn us against, right? How many of you have gotten into an argument that started a fight and after everything's said and done, you're just like, that was the dumbest thing to argue about. Has anybody ever been like that? I have. It's like after things have settled down, you're like, why was I so, I was such a jerk. I am so sorry. Paul's just saying, Timothy, don't get involved in arguments like that. Don't start talking about foolish stuff that's just going to start fights. Stuff, stuff that doesn't have, a, 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 the stuff that's not relevant. Stuff that doesn't make a kingdom impact or a difference in the kingdom. Don't argue about such silly things. Verse 24, now this is what I want you to listen to. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. What's quarrel? What does it mean to quarrel? Fight, yeah, fight, argue, be rough with people. A servant of the Lord, now who is that? That's me, that's you. If you belong to God, you are a servant of the Lord that describes you, that's part of who you are. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, must not fight, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. There are people that are going to be come and go from your life that are going to be difficult people. They're going to bring difficult times into your life. Paul's saying, Timothy, these people are going to come and go. Be kind. Be willing to teach them and to help them. Not, don't be arrogant and puffed up like you know everything or like you've got it all figured out. But, man, just be kind. Be willing to teach them. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Do you know that God can change somebody's heart just by interacting with you? You don't have to be their best friend, but just by living in front of them, interacting with them, sharing the truth with them, that God can do a work in their heart that you could never do on your own. When you allow the Holy Spirit to move, people's lives around you will change. But when you act like the first passage that we read, spreading rumors about people, speaking nasty about people, Who's that going to impact for God? Nobody. In fact, not only will it not impact people for God, that will drive people away from God. If, it's, if that kind of junk is coming from a Christian, coming from a believer, I expect that first passage we read, I expect people out in the world to live that way and to act that way. I do not expect that for my brothers and sisters here in this building. Okay? I'm not, this isn't a scolding thing. This is simply a, an encouragement for you to live the way God wants you to live. When you are born again, you have been given a gift. That gift is reconciliation with God the Father who loves you so much that he sent Jesus, his perfect and only son, to die for you because we all needed it, not a single one of us could survive the punishment that we deserved. 
It's not a smack on the wrist. It's not jail time. It was death. That's what we deserved. And as Christians, as believers, we have been given a gift to become part of the family of God, to be adopted. Do you realize the significance of that term? To be adopted into God's family. If you have ever lived without a family, which I don't think anybody in here has, for the few uh, of you that, have, that were adopted, you're adopted as babies, so you, didn't really, you don't really know anything else. But for those of you in here who can picture it, imagine it, bouncing from house to house, not having a home of your own, dealing with multiple foster parents, and when somebody says, I want you, I want to adopt you. I want to give you my last name. I want to raise you up. I want to give you things. I want to provide for you. I want to protect you. I want to be your father. That destroys your, I mean, that just blows your world up because you have been fatherless. You have been without a home. And somebody says, I want you. There is absolutely no greater feeling and to know that God does that with us. To know that before we met Jesus, before we asked Jesus into our life, we were essentially an orphan. We were out in the world. We were living our own way, doing our own thing. I know I was not, I did not get saved until the summer before my senior year in high school. There's a whole lot of things I did before I got saved. I was wandering completely aimless. I didn't know the love of the Father. I thought I was a good kid. I didn't really realize, really, until after the fact that I was what I was, an orphan, fatherless, spiritually speaking. Okay? I had a good family. But I had no spiritual direction, nothing, no, no, no vision for the future, no vision for the afterlife. No, I mean, heaven just, I mean, I don't, you know, I was just aimless. But God adopted me into his family. And God says, I want you. And there is no greater feeling in the world than to know that you are loved, desired, wanted by the King of Kings. God is so good, so wonderful, that he adopts us into his family. With that being said, there is an expectation on our lives. God said, I have bought you with a price, the price of my son. And from that moment on, not only are we children of God, we become servants of God. We become warriors for God. We become priests and priestesses for God. There are so many things, so many uh, 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 amazing privileges that we receive by being children of God but there's also an expectation. There's an expectation to live by God's word. There's an expectation to walk according to God's example, the example he gave us through Jesus Christ, the example that we get through the law that he passed down to the Israelites. I'm not talking about the sacrifices and all that stuff. I'm talking about the, the basics, the Ten Commandments, living by God's law to love one another, to love people as you would love yourself, to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Do you realize Jesus said that the entire law, 
everything that God gave to Moses and God gave the Israelites, all the laws, the rules, the regulations to help them live a right life, everything can be summed up into one thing, love your neighbor. When you walk in love, when you walk in love, and that means when somebody tries talking down about somebody or bad about somebody, you do not participate. When somebody tries to pull you into something you know is wrong, you do not participate. Walking in love is the greatest thing we can do as believers because that represents our Father. That represents who we are as children of God. When we rely on God to meet our needs, we don't have to turn to something else or someone else to meet those needs. We don't have to turn to a guy. We don't have to turn to a girl. We don't have to turn to drinking or drugs or medication that we take out of our parents' medicine cabinet. We don't have to turn to any of that stuff when we will rely on God and allow him to live through us. Allow him and his promises and his spirit to change us from the inside out. That doesn't mean we're not going to have difficult situations and difficult choices to make. That doesn't mean we're going to do everything perfectly. My goodness, I am far from perfect. I am far from perfect. And I've been walking this walk for 19 years. I've been walking this walk for 19 years, and I still have so far to go. But that doesn't mean I stop. That doesn't mean that I stop trying to walk in love, that I stop trying to live for God, that I stop trying. Now, here's the struggle that some of you are having. Some of you are having the struggle because you've known this since the time you were little. And you have yet to make it your own. You have yet to let these truths settle into your heart in such a way that allow you to live by the truths that you've learned since you were a little kid. Some of you in here have been going to church since you were a baby. And this is all you have known. This teaching and this truth that I have just talked about is all you have ever known. And yet, even with that, you doubt and you question. Because it's all you've ever known. Nothing that you have seen or done has really proved that to you because it's simply something that you've come to church and been taught all your life. Until we make faith our own, it makes it much harder to live by faith. Until we make God's word our focus, until we make God our focus, it is hard to live by faith. If you do not know that God that loves you so much, it is impossible to live by faith. How can you live by faith when you don't know the faith giver? How can you live by God's word when you don't know the God that wrote it? How can you live according to his will and by his promises, knowing that he will provide for you when you don't fully trust the one who provides? We have got to be grounded in the word of God to live the life he wants us to live and to walk in love. Now, speaking specifically to talking about each other, behind each other's back. And I, the reason I bring that specific thing up, there's a whole lot we could deal with. There's just so much going on in the world that's absolutely nuts. There's so much we could deal with. But I'm going to deal with this, this part specifically because this is something that I've noticed more and more and more lately is some people talking behind people's backs. So I'm going to speak to that just for a moment. In verse... 3, chapter 3. One of the things that he mentions when he talks about these people that are just that are just nasty. They are 
They're, in fact, I titled the message tonight, not that it matters. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Walk in love. Don't be a jerk. You know, this, the, the, the first passage here in chapter 3 we started with, that describes just, just the nastiest, rudest person that you could think of. I mean, just a total jerkwad. I mean, just somebody you just don't even want to associate with because they're just so, so rotten. And one of the things he mentions in there in this description is slander others and have no self-control. Slandering others is essentially talking nasty about other people behind their back. Yeah, gossip, that's another one, yeah. The reason I am bringing that up is because, I, like I said, I've been noticing this, and I've been hearing about it a little bit more and a little bit more, and it seems to be building, and just with everything going on, that I wanted to address it. How much does it bother you if you hear that somebody's been talking behind your back? Does it bother you quite a bit? And if you say it doesn't bother you, then I'll just call you a liar, because it bothers everybody. You can act cool and you can act tough, but if people have been talking behind your back, it bothers you. Now, your reaction may be different. You may blow it off and you may act tough and you may threaten them back. Whatever the case is, your reaction might be different, but it bothers everybody to some extent. Nobody wants to be talked about behind their back. How about if they were talking about your brother or your sister behind your back? Probably get pretty upset, wouldn't you? Even if you're not, if you, even if you're not real close to your brother or sister, if somebody else is bad-mouthing them, you're going to oh, get mad. You're going to get a little upset and you're going to try to defend them, right? Even if you don't have a close relationship, you're going to do it. I've seen it happen over and over again. It's just a, it's a family bond thing. How about your best friend? If somebody's bad-mouthing your best friend, you can get upset? Probably, right? Because they're close to you. You, you. you love your best friend. You like your best friend. That's why you're there, your best friend. So if somebody's talking about them behind their back, spreading rumors, spreading gossip, you're going to get upset, you're going to get mad, you're going to get angry, right? You know what's greater than all of that? And none of you guys know this yet, but when somebody's talking about your kids, if somebody's talking about your children in a negative fashion, spreading rumors about them, oh my goodness, you better watch out. You better watch out. Kip, I don't know if you guys have had to deal with this, Kip and Becky, but if somebody's talking bad about your boys behind your back, you're going to get upset, right? Yeah? This is going to be mom and papa bear, and you better watch your face. You better watch out. Oh, you're going to share a story? I don't know if we got time for that. Give me a second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm trying to try to wrap this up as quick as I can. Shh, Ryan, shh. You're going to get mad. I mean, you are going to get mad because these are your kids. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. When you talk about each other behind each other's backs, you're talking about God's kids. And God is not going to be happy. We are his children. And above all, we should be walking in love towards one another. We need to be walking in love even to people out there who don't know him because we are a representation of Jesus Christ. But even more than that, we need to be walking in love towards one another. And let me make this very, very plain. I fully understand that not all of you like each other, and that's okay. Sometimes brothers and sisters who live together and who have grown up together don't like each other very much. I didn't like my brother very much as we were growing up. We're close now, probably because he lives far away, but when we were growing up, we got on each other's nerves a lot. I can probably come up with a few other sibling groups in this youth room that are the same way. 
But there's a difference between being different than each other, having different interests, different hobbies, different likes, different personalities can rub each other the wrong way. I get all of that. That is no problem. But you must, you must, you must walk in love, regardless of how well you get along with everybody in this room, everybody in this church. Walking in love is not an option. It's not a, oh, gee, I sure wish you'd walk in love, eh? No, it's walk in love. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. <clears throat> well, first, let me hit this real quick and just show you from the Word, show you from Scripture. John 13, 34. John 13, 34. I think, Hunter, is that one of the ones I gave you? Oh, oh, 35. Can you go back to 34? Sorry, bud. If it's a big deal, you know, it's not a big deal. 1334 says, so now I am giving you, sorry, I'll give you another second. You guys, I know some other people are flipping their Bibles, and that's all good. I'm happy to wait. Thank you, Hunter. Well done. All right. So now I am giving you, this is Jesus, so now I am giving you a new commandment. When really it's not new, it's, it's essentially a, a, a conglomerate of all the commandments, okay? A new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your, now listen, this is, the, this is the why behind that commandment. Are you listening? Because this is key. Love each other as I have loved you. You should love each other. Why? Verse 35, your love for another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If you are not walking in love, there is no proof that you belong to him. Plain and simple. Case closed. If I come up to you on the street, or if I'm walking behind you on the street, and I'm hearing you talk some foul, nasty things, there is no proof that you belong to Christ. Because without the love walk being modeled in your life, again, we're not perfect, but without that love walk being modeled in your life to the very best of your ability, leaning on God's grace and his strength, if that love walk is not being modeled in your life, Jesus said, you don't belong to me. I know this sounds like a rebuke, and in some ways it is, in some of the things that I've seen going on the last few weeks, and that's okay. Rebuke from time to time is okay, because it helps us see the error of the way we've been conducting ourselves and hopefully lead to a change in our lives. If you are not walking in love towards one another in this room, in this church, in the church, in God's family, you don't belong to him. God impacts every area of our lives, but he does not do it against our will. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to close with this. In 2 Timothy, ooh, sorry, uh, chapter 2, verse 23. Sorry, wrong one here. 2 Timothy 3, 16. So just past the first passage we talked about. Starting in verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong 
and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. We just read passage in God, passages in God's words that tells us how to live our life, how to walk in love. Now, we need to lean on God to do that. We need to know and understand his word, to live by his promises, to live by his example. We saw an example of how not to live when Paul was warning Timothy against certain types of people. And if there's anything in that first passage that describes you, it's time to take a good, hard look at how you've been conducting yourself every day. It's time for us to walk in love among one another. Do you realize, do you realize that just even making that small change, if people out there saw the way you guys love each other in here, would our youth group grow or shrink? I want you to ask yourself that. If my conduct, if people out there were to see my conduct and how I treat so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, would they desire to come here and receive God's word and God's truth for their life, or would they back off and say, I don't want any part of that? I want you to ask yourself that hard question. Because if somebody watches your conduct and does not want anything to do with God, you are not doing God any favors. You are not living the way that you are called to live. We have been bought with a price. I am living proof of that. God saw me and he rescued me. I was not a terrible person. But I was just as much as need, in need of a savior as the rest of you, as anybody else. And God brought some amazing people into my life. God brought an amazing youth pastor into my life. God brought an amazing pastor into my life. God brought some awesome people into my life to not only speak into my life and be a, a, an example of love in my life, but to share the gospel with me that impacted me in such a way that caused me to change that caused me to understand who I am in God's eyes and how much he cares about me. So before you spread anything about anybody, before you talk about anybody, I want you to understand that is God's kid that you are getting ready to talk about. So I'm going to say something that my mom used to say to me, deep theological wisdom, so I hope you're ready. You don't have anything good to say, keep your fat mouth shut. Walk in love. Walk in love. Live according to the gospel and what God has called you to do, the path that he has laid before you. You have two options. You can live like that first passage we read, a jerk, or you can live according to God's word, by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, walking in love, in gentleness with other people. And when they see that, when they, the people out there in the world, the people that need Jesus, just like we needed Jesus, when they see that love walk, they'll say, I got to have that in my life. And when they see children of God behaving as children of God, others will want it. That's the purpose. God wants us blessed, protected, taken care of. Why? So that 
others can see that in our lives. God wants us to walk in love towards one another. God wants us leaning on him and, 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 and living a life of, of serving others and, and being a blessing to others and speaking good about others and walking in love. I mean, just I just can't even, it's, it's hard to even put into words, but the reason that God wants us to do that, one of the reasons that God wants us to live that way is not only because he wants us blessed, but because he wants them to see the difference. He wants people who do not have a relationship with him to desire a relationship with him. Are you living in such a way to make them want to desire that? That's my question for you tonight. So whatever's been going on in your life, at home, at school, stress, anxiety, whatever the case is, temptations, back talking about people, spreading gossip about people, rumors about people, doing things you shouldn't be doing, I want you to take a step back and evaluate your life and ask yourself if Somebody could see me now, talking the way I'm talking, doing what I'm doing, living the way I'm living. Are they seeing a difference in me that's pointing them to Christ? Worship team, you guys can come on up. I want everybody to stand up with me. I hope you guys understand how much I love you and how excited I am to see your smiling faces week in and week out. I am so, I love having you guys in here. I love hanging out with you. And for our guests that are here tonight, I am so excited that you're here. I hope this message was not like scaring you off or anything. Uh, sometimes we just need this. Man, sometimes we just need to lay some things out and talk about things as a family, right? And there are, there are times when we're going to have funny messages and funny illustrations, and there's times when we're going to have uh, some toe-stepping messages, some things that we need to hear because we need to, to make some changes in our lives. But I want you to understand and know how much I love you guys, how much we, the leaders, the worship team, your church family, how much we love you, how much God loves you. And that's the reason that we desire to see changes made when there's some things that, that are unfavorable, some things that are going on in your lives that aren't good, that are causing harm or pain to other people. So as we worship together tonight, as we sing together, as we come together as a family, brothers and sisters in Christ, there is nothing too big for God to forgive. If there's been things you've been doing behind closed doors, if there's things you've said about people that you know you shouldn't have said, tonight's the night to get right with God. And you know what? Maybe there's some people to get right with as well. Because there's, outside of understanding and knowing that you need God's forgiveness, that you need to confess and repent of those sins to God, there is no more sobering thought than to know you need to go up to somebody in person, face to face, and make it right. It's hard. In fact, it could even make you feel sick because it's, you're so nervous having to go up and tell somebody, hey, I said this about you and I am so sorry. Or go up to your parents and say, I've been doing this and I am so sorry. But there's nothing that you've done that is outside of the realm of God's love. 
There is nothing that you have done or said that is greater than God's love for you, that is so bad that God's love cannot pull you back and rescue you out of whatever you've gotten yourself into. God is bigger than all of that. So whatever excuses you've made to yourself, whatever justifications you've made to yourself, oh, I said this because they're, they're mean to me or whatever, whatever the case is, no excuses, no justifications. Own up to it, ask God for forgiveness, make it right with whoever you wronged, and man, move on. It's time to walk in the love of God. Can we do that together tonight? So as we worship tonight, if you need prayer for anything, number one, if you have never prayed that prayer of salvation, if you say, Matt, I have never asked Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of my life. I have never been adopted into that family of God, and I want that. I need that in my life. I need a loving Father in my life. I need a, the King of Kings to, to watch over me and take care of me. I need to be saved. I need to have that relationship. Then you come up here tonight, and while we're worshiping, while we're singing, I'll pray with you. The microphone will be turned off. Nobody's going to hear what we're praying together, and I'll pray with you that prayer of salvation. The Bible says when you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, and believe that he died for our sins and that God rose him, uh, that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And that is where your journey starts. For those of you who have already been on that journey, whether it was new last year, the year before, or since you were a child, and there are some things in your life that you want to get right, I am happy to pray with you here. You can pray from your seat and ask God for forgiveness. You can come up to the altar and get on your knees and ask God, forgive me, and God will, because he loves you. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. For John 1, 9. God is a loving God. And he has such great and awesome plans for your life. But we've got to walk in love. And we've got to be grounded and rooted in his word. To live the life that he wants us to live. Let's worship together.